Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Doze Knows. With me, Dozer Dave, your host for the most. Uh, Doze Knows is a weekly podcast where we sit down with all kinds of cool people that I know and people I want to know, whether it be rock stars or movie stars or professional athletes or normal people like you and I. Um, these episodes are brought to us by our friends down at Original Nutritionals. Original Nutritionals, these aren't your normal meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach, working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to OriginalNutritionals.com and grab what you need. And for listening, all you need to do is enter in Doze Nose at checkout and get 15% off. So don't forget, 15% off at checkout just by entering Doze Nose. Now, Logan also has a killer gym in Venice Beach. It's called Deuce Gym. And this is the place I go when I'm in Southern California and I need to go get a good workout. Um, these guys are awesome because they have all different types of training that they do in there, whether it's just regular weightlifting, cardio, uh, weight loss management, um, uh, CrossFit, strengthening, uh, super strongman training, whatever. These guys got it all. Um, doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80, go in there. These guys will take care of you and put you on the type of workout that you need specifically for what you're looking for and what your body is looking for. That's Deuce Gym in Venice Beach. You can go see him at deucegym.com. Um, also, uh, GoPro. Those little cameras. Yeah, those badass little things. Well, GoPro is transforming the way people virtually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be. From extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer, GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. For more information, visit GoPro.com or connect with GoPro on social media such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We're also brought to you by our boys down at Hurley Clothing. Hurley.com, my friend Bob started this clothing company back in 99. He had a different way of thinking when he started this company. You know, he wanted to be more free and, and active and not just conform to your normal uh, surfing, snowboarding, action sport clothing company. He just wanted to change it up and he did. And he's got so many cool people that ride for him, you know, from John John, uh, Connor Coffin, uh, Carissa Moore, just the list goes on and on and on. They have the best surf shorts on the planet. The Phantom four-way stretch are just, uh, these things are killer. I wear them everywhere I go. Um, I live here in Hawaii, so I can actually get away with wearing them every single day of my life, and I love them. Um, so go to Hurley.com, check it out, go get all the goods that you need, whether you're on the beach or up on the mountains or wherever you're at, Hurley.com. Um, you guys all know I'm a big fan of the ocean, and, uh, you know, the Big Island is my home. 
it's because of its amazing waters, pretty much to me. And if you're planning to spend some time in my backyard on the Big Island, um, all I know, Doe's knows, is that your first shop, stop should be Kona Boys. They've been serving up gear for island life in Aloha for uh, since 1996. They have two stores, one down south, Captain Cook, the other one right at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel. And, you know, it's it's right there. It's a killer little shack right on Kamakahonu Beach. Um, it's right at the King Cam Hotel. It's right where the tour boats come in, right at the pier. So it's super, super easy and accessible. You can go down there, rent some paddle boards, go swim with dolphins. They have snorkeling gear and, and bikes to rent to cruise down Ali'i Drive in Kona. And they've also got historical va'a rides and paddleboard lessons. And uh, they, all, they have everything that you guys need from rentals, from boards and bikes and boogies and other beach, beach goodies. Kona Boys is the spot. They also have uh, great trained water people. They care about your experience and also care about the preser preservation of our envi natural environment of Hawaii. Um, if you want quality equipment for your Big Island adventure, then go to Kona Boys. They've also got a website. You can go check them out there, konaboys.com. And, you know, just for, uh, for going online for all you mainlanders or wherever you're at, even if you're just local here, just punch in Doe's Nose and you'll get 15% off. Go into the shop if you guys want to do rent a paddleboard or just buy a hat, you know, an Aloha hat or whatever. Just tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose, you get 15% off. These guys are awesome. Now, the, the place that I go to every single morning, I start my morning off, is Kona Coffee and Tea. It's right on Polani Road. Um, it, personally, to me, is the best coffee here in Kona. And everybody knows that the Big Island is famous for its coffee, Kona Coffee. Well, they serve it up there every single morning. And I can't wait to get in there get my coffee, uh, get to hang out, see all the people that I know down at the coffee shop. Everybody asks, What's, who's coming up next? Who's on Doze and O's? Well, they get to hear it beforehand right there. So if you guys are ever in Kona, come see me down at Kona Coffee and Tea. Say hi to the girls behind the counter. They're awesome. They're going to take care of you, give you the best cup of coffee. They also have uh, coffee for you to take home with you. If you want, if you're from the mainland and you're like, man, where do I go get some good Kona coffee? Well, go into Kona Coffee and Tea. You know, they have it already packaged up, ready for you guys to take home. It's great, great coffee. Um, go see Gabby. Go see Malia. Those girls will definitely take care of you. And tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose. And they'll be happy to serve you. Um, this episode today, I'm super, super, super excited about because I got my good friend, Fred Potassia on here and Fred's a pro surfer um, or should I say a retired pro surfer because what he did this last year right in the middle of the season at Trestles he uh, went on to his first heat and he did such a badass job he got a perfect 10 on his wave came in and announced right then and there he was retiring kind of blew everybody out of the water. Like, what the hell? Fred's still in his prime. He's young. But we're going to find out why. Why he did that. We're going to find out all kinds of other stuff. So let's get to it. Let's welcome Fred Potassia on Doe's Nose. Everybody knows Doe's 
knows goes now. Everybody knows goes, and if you don't know, now you knows goes. Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows goes, and if you don't know. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to another episode of Doze Knows, and I have a special guest, a good friend of mine today, uh, Fred Potassia. Um, Fred has uh, been writing for Quicksilver for a long time, I think it's been long time. main sponsor, right? Yeah, um, I want to say ever since I was 16, 17, I've been writing for Quick, and wow. Yeah, How so now? like 43. <laughs> well, you're retired now. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm 34 at the moment. I was about to say 33, but uh, you know, December 15th, I just turned 34. Nice, happy yeah. belated birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas, baby. Yeah, so yeah. it's good to be on Doe's Nose. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been, you know, we've been trying to get you on here for a while. So. You know what? That's 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 the thing. I'm pretty busy. You should be excited because I am a busy guy. And yeah. Everyone's trying to get interviews of me. Of course. Oh, it's, of course. it's crazy. Yeah. I've seen you on camera. Let's see. Where, where was the last time I saw you on camera? Um, I, the, well, I just did the, the Eddie. The Eddie? Yeah, I was lucky enough to commentate the, uh, well, the Eddie Ical. Point, so I never even got to watch TV. So oh, I, I had yeah. it right there had in my it, face. You had like stadium seating, yeah. probably one of the best spots. Um, but it was an amazing thing to watch. It, it was, it's just cool to be a part of me mm -hmm. being from the North shore, a local guy. I never really was the big wave surfer charger type. Uh -huh. My genre of surfing is more competitive, high performance surfing, but I always knew I wanted to be a part of the Eddie and just to be a part of it in this way through commentating mm -hmm. and watching the guys do what they do best right. um, is, is really a privilege and a blessing for me. Absolutely, and it, and it comes natural for you. You know, I, I know all these people that are sitting here listening right now are going, fuck, Freddie's just smooth, bro. Thanks. Super smooth. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad people like it. You know, I really enjoy what uh, surfing's become, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how the WSL's made it a lot more professional. Um, Ross Williams does a great job. Potts oh, does Ross a great job. So yeah. Joe Trapel, you know, he, we call him the traffic cop because he's so good at the ins and uh -huh. outs of, um, you know, sometimes he gets hated on a little bit, but right. if you really listen to what he's doing, he, um, he's really smooth with he's the in and outs of commercials. He's one of the smartest guys out there as far as he knows every stat. He really everything. does. I'm just like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. But he's also a ladies' man. He really is. Well, he's a smooth talker yeah. on and off the mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, you yeah. see him at like little missed those spots on tour. You'll walk into a restaurant and he's there with a chick. And you're like, whoa, where'd you dude, pull that one? Yeah, and then exactly. the next night you... You know, well, we, I don't I want to blow his cover I, here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was at Wonderlust the other night. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I turn around, and there's freaking Joe. And I know he's staying down at sunset. So I'm like, what are you doing way up here, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, he knows where the spot's at. He definitely knows where <laughs> the spot's at. 10 to 1 is. women over there. It's yeah. And she'd late fish night, in the he bucket. comes in for that late night swoop. <laughs> <laughs> you get that, like, uh, early nap in. You wake uh, up, and then, then you make your, your attack oh, out yeah. to the club. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I have yet to learn that one myself. And I've been doing it for a long time. And I always go in early and 
try and go for the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of well, wait till the end and then go home with nothing. I end up starting early and finishing early because I'm just like way too sauce and I'm like, hey, take me <laughs> home already. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those guys that I think I can keep that train motoring at 100 miles an hour all night, but then right. I hit a wall and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I know. I've seen you hit those walls, man. We've had some good times together. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, <laughs> hanging out with you and then I'll... Uh, all the guys on tour, it's its pretty much a madhouse of, of different characters. It is. But you're one of the funnest ones. You're the one that's always coming Thanks. up with the theme parties. And, you know, you are I'm just looking at the pictures on your wall. They're littered with nothing but theme parties. Yeah, well, we like to have a good time here in the Patacha household. <laughs> you know, I have a great group of friends with, uh, you know, Sean Moody, Joel Santeo, um, and God, I can't even remember the list, yeah. whole the list. And, you know, and then my group of friends, uh, within the surfing community as well with, you know, mm-hmm. Slater and Dorian and God, Aki is so much fun to hang out with. Joel Parkinson, yeah. Andy was amazing. So, um, I was kind of always the party planner uh-huh. in a way. And, um, and it worked out great. It was cool too. Cause like my iPod and my playlist became somewhat of legend because I kind of, I had so many different genres of music. Like, for instance, oh, I know, poppy little Backstreet Boys stuff that everyone loves, but they don't have it on their iPod because they're afraid oh, yeah. that somebody else might look at it and go like, "Oh my God, you got Backstreet Boys on there," oh, yeah. or you and, got Insync, yeah, <laughs> or like Britney or Spears, Def Leppard, totally. Oh yeah, <laughs> when we were doing karaoke in Tavaru, you remember that was like, oh my gosh, what twelve years ago or something like that? Oh yeah, dude, you had everything on your iPod. It was the best. We were like, where the hell did he get that? I, I just go, I go onto the, like, the top Billboard playlist, uh-huh. and, um, and I go all the way back to like the 70s, and I just grab all that stuff that at the time was, was cool or what I thought was cool, like, you know, just all that, all that stuff, and I, I want to keep it. Because everyone kind of, once you play it, Mm-hmm. It takes people to that time, and then you see them like dancing all funky and weird from those uh-huh. eras, and it's, you, it brings out like the funner part of people. It's Ab- cool. Absolutely. And uh, we had a fun party, Super Bowl party, at Moody's house a couple yeah. of weeks ago. That, that was. was- I think I smoked every. There was. There were. We that had was. Por- I don't Portuguese. even want to talk about that. You we, know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> just so everybody knows, if you haven't seen what I look like, I'm a long-haired. White boy, Holly boy, okay? <laughs> Look like I just came out of a Skid Row video. And uh, so we have a game here in Hawaii. It's called Portuguese Horseshoes. And it's like to- you're tossing washers into a box with a hole. It's got a little backboard. Yeah, like three-inch washers. Yep. And you, the goal is to get them in the hole or at least get them on top for different types of point scenarios. And we have tournaments here. And, of course, Freddie, he was dominating, you know? And uh, what's that um, one they use with the bean bags? It's very much like that. Yeah, I don't know what the name of that game is called, but I know exactly. You what know you're exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. That's what After the people this on the mainland. Hopefully, they get it. They'll, yeah. they'll know. Yeah. And so you're dominating this tournament, you know. And I'm like, come on, guys, let me play. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're you're nah, Dozer. You're a little okay. boy. Come on, <laughs> Dozer. You don't know. I'm like, I haven't played in years. Come on, it'll be super fun. No, 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 no. So anyway, you guys, we get in the tournament. Um, I have a partner. Who was my partner? I think it was, uh, who was it? It was. Uh, I have no, it wasn't I, Mike Dodd? No, no, no. Mike Dodd was with Mikey Bruno. Hmm. Billy Kemper. Billy. Billy Kemper was my partner. 
And so uh, Billy sucks at it, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> and so um, he couldn't pull us out and, you know, pretty much relied on me for the whole thing. And last toss, I lost. First round, I was like, damn, okay. You guys go on. You guys freaking kill it. I think Mike Dodd and Mikey Bruno won it. I think they ended up winning, yeah. Yeah, but then at the end, I'm like, okay, come on. Man on man started happening. That's when Dozer shined. And then (laughs) I literally smoked every single person in that party. I know. I I actually couldn't believe it, and I'm still a little bit disappointed in in myself over that. Yeah, you were like, oh, you know, I've kind of beat everybody. And I'm like, really? And I was looking at everyone's faces like, wow, he did just beat everyone. So I'm like, okay. I'm I'm here to to break the streak, <laughs> you know. I'll t- I'll take Dozer out, you know, and um, I think you beat me by a landslide as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, the only the only person I didn't play was Makua. He kind of saw what was going on and, and avoided it. So Makua, if you're listening, calling you out, brother. Oh, Let's there we go. It. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but it was funny. I got them at my house. They're right here. <laughs> <laughs> when I was right as I was leaving, I was like, okay, I played everybody. Um, all of a sudden, Moody comes running from the back. What's this, Dozer? You beat everybody? You haven't played me? I'm like, all right, well, let's go. Just schooled him. Really? Smoked him. Oh, so he came in hot thinking I'm the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't happen well. But I did see a video that he posted on uh, Instagram of you self-proclaiming your win in fantasy football. Well, that was another thing. That was probably one of the greatest accomplishments for me in 2015 was winning my fantasy football league. All my best friends are in it. Um, Makua's in it. And it's so fun, just our whole text thread, talking smack. Right. right? And just to be the winner, I had, I had our, uh, our league trophy uh-huh. at, the, uh, at the football party. And every time I put it down to whatever, have a get a beer or whatever, they would steal it. They'd hide it. You know, it's just like <laughs> after a while, I was kind of getting irritated. But they were getting irritated of me. They're like, I can't believe you brought the trophy to the Super Bowl party. Like, That's right. That's yeah. yeah. I saw that. But I had to show but it I up. I thought it was given right then. I no, didn't, I didn't no. know you brought it. I had it on my mantle, and well, I specifically just... brought it in order to rub it in. <laughs> I got a full year of rubbing it in on those guys. I'm going to bring it everywhere to I go. Every party you go. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, let's see. This, you know, this is all good, fun stuff that we're always doing. But let's talk about some of your, some of your comp. Ah, I can't even talk. <laughs> it's so early. My in the accolades. I went, I, went, I went to the to the lust last night. Wonderlust. The lust. I uh, love how it's got a nickname now. Oh yeah. Turtle um, Bay Wonderlust. Yeah. If if you walk up there, the girls will walk up to you and they're like, "Are you lusting? Are you here for the lust?" Really? Oh yeah. It's insane. I'm just like. Oh my God. Are you lusting? They probably just look at your hair and just want to just run their fingers through it. They do. I've never been (laughs) touched by so many chicks in my life. The ratio was like uh, 15 to 1 women to men. Wow. And I'm just like, this is crazy. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. Yeah. So, That's epic. Yeah, you're married. Lusting. You don't know. I you're know. I was just going, like I don't 8, want to hear this. 8.30. <laughs> okay, the kids got to bed at 7.30. Missy, come on. All right, let's go to bed. Yeah, and yeah. then up at 6. 
making cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, luckily, I brought all those donuts full of sugar. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much for that. My kids are just bouncing off the walls now. Yeah. I actually didn't give them a whole lot just yet. We wait till midday for those kind right. of things. Well, I saw you grinding on them the most. So. Oh, well, I'm off tour now. I'm, I'm making up for lost time. Yeah, you're not in front of the camera. You don't have to worry about your six-pack. Uh, that was uh, my, my main worry on tour. <laughs> Wasn't making heats. That's <laughs> when I got off of heats, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was the second I took my jersey off. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were on tour for 11 years, huh? Yeah. And how many contests did you win? Um, I, uh, I won one, two, three, four, I think four events. You know, I won the XL Pro twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Nike's, Nike I won lowers. The, the Nike Lowers Pro. That was a big and one for me. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's you got a, everybody that's on their game. Yeah, and that's a high-performance spot. Um, I was really stoked to win that one. You know, I, I have a lot of history at lowers uh-huh. and um, to win there and then to go on. And, and that's why I decided to retire there mm-hmm. as well. You know, my, my, my surfing career really like escalated after winning the NSSA nationals at lowers. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, everything just built. I got sponsored by Quicksilver after that. Um, that turned into a fantastic marriage, which is continuing. Uh, so I, I very much feel like I'm part of the Quicksilver family. Right. And, um, you know, lowers has just been a, in a, been a great spot for me. You know, I grew up with Rusty Long mm-hmm. and Greg Long right there. I'd stay at their house and, and go surf with them all, all the time. So, you know, it was just a spot that, you know, other than here in Hawaii at Haleiwa, that really had a big impact on my surf career. That's really cool. Now let's talk about, um, you know, you just said it, you just retired. Yeah. How was the way you went out? You went out with a freaking perfect 10 in the middle of a contest. You get a perfect 10. You walk off the beach and go, I quit. I'm, re- I'm retiring right now after this perfect 10. The whole surfing world just went, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, literally. <laughs> yeah. They went, what the fuck? And nobody's ever done <laughs> anything like that. What, what were you thinking? I, um, I don't really, I don't know. I was having a rough time emotionally with the tour uh-huh. you know um i i had to actually go out and seek help in a way you uh-huh. know uh the wsl they have um people that we can that we can talk to and counselors, and I, counselors yeah I, I utilized that sports counselors sports therapists uh, my wife was actually pretty concerned with what was going on in my mm-hmm. head and it was just you know years of travel um you know a lot of people said I, I did it because I wanted to be with my family more. But my family, I'd, I'd take them everywhere. You right. know, 70% of the spots are pretty easily easy to bring your family. And there's a lot of traveling families that you can group up with and mm-hmm. have a lot of fun with. So that wasn't really the biggest thing. It really was, you know, the last four years of my career, I really dedicated myself to like, trying my best, really working on my boards, eating right, mm-hmm. you know, not partying as much, really just going for it. And I wasn't really seeing the results that I wanted. Right. So it was really weighing down on me, you know, like, ah, oh, I'm trying sure, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's tough. Like and I you got all these new Groms that are coming in that are doing these freaking rodeo flips and yeah. supermans and things I can't even name. Exactly. Same. So it's kind of like I, I wanted to I guess, relieve myself of that stress, right. you know, cause I knew, you know, once I hit 10 years, I thought that's a, gr- a great accomplishment. I was stoked on that. Absolutely. So anything after that was butter. 
And I just kind of felt like, you know, I want to go out on my own terms. I feel like I'm still surfing great and I want to go out surfing good. I want to go out with people going, man, like Fred was shredding. And so um, what happened that day was the perfect thing that could ever happen. I told my wife I didn't want to tell a whole lot of people. I just wanted her and the kids down at the beach. And, and, um, and it was just so organic the way it happened. You know, right. Kelly had a heat earlier and he just, and we didn't tell him. And he just so happened to be there at the time. Owen Wright was down there. Um, a lot of my good friends, a lot of the guys on tour, for some reason, I was one of the last heats of the day, uh, we're still down there. So it just came together perfectly. Getting that now, perfect what, 10. Your, what Jesus. was your plan? You were going to quit after the contest? No, my plan was, so that was the, my first heat of the event. It's a three-man heat. Uh-huh. The, that three-man heat, you don't lose. I didn't want to go out losing a heat. Right. So I wanted, to, I wanted to go out basically, you know, just going, hey, I want to surf my last heat here at Lowers, and I don't want to go out with a loss. And so that was the perfect way to do it. So I talked to the WSL, and, and they were fine with that. Mm-hmm. And so that was my plan, right? I, I actually made that decision after Tahiti. Wow. So it was a month in the making, and then that night I had such a hard time sleeping. It was the most nervous I had ever been before sure. surfing an event because I didn't want to go out getting two fives or getting two fours. Right. I wanted to surf well, and and I could have been so nervous that I fell on all my waves, and I was really worried about that, you know. But um, the way it came together was was just perfect. Yeah, dude, that was that was. I would have never expected to get. A ten, you know, and the, <laughs> you know, the, if you listen to the commentary that day, those guys didn't even know the WSL did a great job of knowing what I wanted and keeping it very secret. The right. judges didn't know, the commentary booth didn't know. It was only me and select officials that knew, wow. and some of the guys in the webcast. Well, I saw that ten wave, and it was every every bit of a ten. So Thank that was, you. That was amazing. That was amazing, dude. It was <laughs> such a good way to go out. Yeah, it was great. It felt even if it was like a nine five or whatever, I would have just been really stoked, you know. And to have um, Gabe Medina in that heat with me and, yeah. and B Durbage. That's huge. Gabe. Yeah. Gabe is insane. He's insane. He's the new breed of Brazilian surfer. He's a he's a great ambassador for our sport. Yeah. And and he was the world. He was the cur- current world champion at the time. Yeah. And then B Durbage made the tour with me in 2005. Oh wow! Yeah, so we were rookies together. So that was special as well. So yeah. it, it all I, came together pretty cool. I remember cool. the first time I met B was actually at one of your parties. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah he's a great he, guy. Yeah, I was up at Turtle Bay. Now, um, you've had some amazing relationships with with some really really good people, and unfortunately, we've. We've lost some of those people. Yes. You know, um, Andy Irons was one of your best friends, if not your best friend. Um, you know, it's, it, he, was a, he was a good friend of mine, but absolutely nothing close to what he was to you. What did, what did Andy mean to you? He, and what was it like after, you know, how, I know you took it pretty hard. Yeah, it was a difficult time for me. Um, I was still pretty young, and I hadn't lost anything like that before. Right. We've lost... Friends along the way, you know, Eric Diaz, Jason Bogle, um, God, I, I can't remember everyone's name, but that one really hit home for me. Andy, basically, I always looked up to him as a Grom. He was a bit older than me, so 
you know how it is when they're older. They're not, you're not really in their crew just yet. Right. You know, you're still just a little shit grom. And, but you're stoked that they're like messing with you. Like I remember he'd always steal my food. Yeah. You know, if I had like a cheeseburger or something, he's, he's like, senior ripping grom. And then he would always say that, senior ripping grom. And then he'd steal your food <laughs> and he'd eat it right in front of you. And you're like, oh, sick. Andy just ate my Snickers bar. Like I'm he's still, starving though. <laughs> yeah, but I'm starving, <laughs> but I don't care. I'll starve to death. And it wasn't really until uh, we started, um, you know, I started doing the top end QS events and uh-huh. then finally making the CT that we had common, more common ground. We could travel together. I was surfing the same spots he was surfing and we could really come together as Hawaii surfers. And he was, he was very supportive of Hawaii surfers. So like, you know, he took me under his wing. He didn't have to. And, um, and that's when our friendship really blossomed and, and it was cool to be a part of, you know, like the way he passed was so abrupt and, um, you know, not being able to say bye is, is right. really tough, you know. Uh, so it really, you know, it was, it was difficult, you know. Right. What was your best memory of him? Wow, that's a tough one, you know. There's, best story. Yeah, well, I think. Uh, Besides stealing your cheeseburger. Yeah, well, he would steal everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my fondest memories was uh, his last win in Tahiti. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was feeling the pressure, I think, of a lot of the younger guys coming up. Mm-hmm. And he was very competitive. You know, if he, if he saw any kind of threat to his throne, he would he just like mad dog those guys. You know, he was a very like competitive man. And, um, you know, to see him like stamp his spot at Tahiti right then and there when he was kind of feeling down, um, was good because he had the hugest smile on his face. You could tell he was like, yeah, what? Like, yeah. I still got it. Bring it, you know? And, um, and that felt good for him and me watching him do that. And I remember uh, I swam to the boat. I gave him the Hawaiian flag because I always travel yeah, I with it. That. You know, I have the photo up in my house where I'm like shaking his hand and, and we're like, you see the photo, it looks like we're yelling at each other, <laughs> you know? And um, it was just a... A great moment for him uh, at the time, and and um, just me being a a surf fan and one of Andy's friends, I was really stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Now you're just like me. You're a goofy footer. Yep. And proud to be. Proud to be, man. High There's five. Not many of us. There you know? isn't. And it's it's tough for a goofy footer on tour. Yes. You know, yes, we have really good waves. You know, we got Chopu, we've got Pipeline, we've got Cloud Break. Yeah, you know, but these these regular footers, man, they are dominators. They know? they dominate in all aspects. The only thing that I think we're lacking on tour uh-huh. is a high performance long left. Right. You know, a lot of those waves you just mentioned are big barreling waves. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys, say for instance, like Gabe Medina, that has the full package, and Owen Wright, they don't have a spot that's like snapper where right. you have to showcase your versatility and the amount of maneuvers you can do on one wave. Right. Um, I think that would make it a little bit more even. So what spot would you pick out as a goofy footer? And, it, and you had a choice to pick out mm-hmm. a killer high-performance left to put on tour. What I would say pick? the Maldives. There's yeah. a spot called Macaroni's in the Maldives. They used to have a QS there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a little island. Right. And so it would be very like Fiji-esque. You know, to get the guys out there, if they've had 
a uh, QS out there, they could easily have a CT out there. What about like macaronis? Macaronis would be killer too. Yeah. You know, that would be a great spot. I think it would be a little bit harder to facilitate that maybe, uh-huh. but, um, but if they could make that happen, right. that would be really cool. But once again, that kind of sometimes turns into a barrel fest. Gotcha. You know, like Snapper, for the most part, there is a barrel behind the rock, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just strictly high-performance surfing. Right, you know, right. As well as like a place like J-Bay, uh-huh. I'd love to see us go to a left point like where, that. Like yeah. that, where big open face carves. Because if you really think about it, the Goofy Footers on tour, they, they never really get to display that. Right. And then it would either show a chink in their armor mm-hmm. or it would show another side of their surfing. Like, wow, I didn't know he had that arc, right. that Taylor Knox-esque exactly. arc in his, in his repertoire. So, you know, it's not a perfect world. It's not a perfect tour. And we don't have a lot of lefts like that. Like, no. where's a point break maneuverable left? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, so we if, don't. if we just don't have it, we just can't. Yeah, they're usually barreling. You know, you got places like G Land or like we said, Cloudbreak, Macaronis, yeah. Tahiti. Uluwatu, Padang Uluwatu. Padang. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they're they're just all super barreling. Of course we yeah. got the best barrels. Yeah. Definitely on tour. I'd but, love to see us find a right that's like Chopo. So uh, the goofy footers P pass. P-Pass would be a fantastic one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so fickle, yeah. It is really fickle. It's kinda like um, a good one is the box. Right. You know, that we, was such a good contest. It was a pretty good event. Yeah. You know, the box is difficult on your backhand. It's a no-joke mm-hmm. ride. It's a no-joke wave. And uh, I think a lot of the fans took it as complaints from the Goofy Footers. Right. Because we were going, oh, you know, it's, it's hard to surf. And, at the, and that wave is. And it was kind of maxing out. And it right. wasn't the best swell direction for it. Because you could even see the regular footers had a hard time. Mm-hmm. But Owen killed it. Ace Buckin had a, a really good heat out there as well. Right. So I think sometimes the fans can get caught up in us overanalyzing those waves uh-huh. and, and take it like it's like complaining when we're just, we're trying to state facts for the people watching, like, hey, it is hard. So when right. you see a guy doing good out there, you know that he's like on point and he's doing right. well, so. And I think Owen was the standout. Oh, he for, was definitely For that standout. whole box event right there. Yeah, he got a 10, he loves the box. Yeah, I love the box. <laughs> <laughs> we all love the box. <laughs> That's why I was like, away last night. <laughs> That's why I'm going uh, back tonight. Are you lusting? <laughs> I'm here for the love. <laughs> now, um, let's see. Where where are you going from here? You know, you've um, you spent 11 years on tour. Yeah. And you know what what is the next direction for Fred Potassia? Uh, well, I um, I'm working with Quicksilver now. With uh, I'm I think. My official, what do they call it, name or whatever it is, is uh, Hawaii team manager. Okay. So I'm working with the Groms here in Hawaii. I'd really love to see them do well, not only in surfing, but in life. You know, right. because out of my age group, I was kind of one of maybe three kids that made it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, and, and all those other kids that were in our age group that surfed, uh, you know, amateur events with us, they, they all went off and did their own things in life because, you, you know, you have to. Right. Um, and I want to be able to help the kids that 
are going to make it, but also help the kids that aren't going to make it and steer them in the right direction of life, if I can. Now, do you want to, you know, you're focusing on just the Hawaii kids. What about the other team riders, you know, in other places? Do you plan on, you know, getting bigger going into that? Or, or do you have some, does Quicksilver have some big plans for you? I think it's early right now. I don't yeah. want to ask for too much responsibility from Quicksilver right? because staying at home and working with these kids here is, is just, uh, it's what I can do now. Uh -huh. um, and then once I feel like I can take on a little bit more, uh, I, I definitely think I will. During the Triple Crown and during the winter season when our whole team here is here, all the international kids, I work with them as well, you know, at Sunset, Haleiwa, and Pipeline. They all have questions. And I'm basically like, you can ask me all the questions you want and I'll answer them as best I can, but you gotta go out there and surf it. Right. And like, you're not gonna get a whole lot of waves out there. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, be prepared to get dropped in on, but you have to put your time in. Well, I saw you take, um, one, during the, well, I think it was right after the Vulcan Pipe Pro, the day after. Um, I was at the Quicksilver house and saw you, and you took out that little girl. What was her name? Layla. Layla. This little girl shreds. She is a ripper, man. And you took her out to pipe. I saw her get so many waves. She got more waves than a lot of the guys that were sitting out there. Yeah, well, the killer part with her is she's so cute. She has the cutest little smile. Right. I think she's about 11, 12 years old. Uh -huh. And uh, once people see me going, go, Layla, they get psyched. And then once they see her, go for it, because she's a little charger. She is. Yeah. All of a sudden, she paddles back out, and everyone's giving her waves because they just want to see what she can do right. and how far she'll take it. Yeah. And pretty much every time someone said go, she went. So I really only had to get her into one or two, and then the whole lineup kind of was like, wow. This girl. This yeah. little girl's kind of got it, and she's cute, and she's smiley. And that's what I tell her. I'm like, just you know, drop in on whoever you want. Because <laughs> it wasn't a big day, you know? I'm like, just go for it. And then if, you know, if you feel bad, just turn around and be like, hey, I'm sorry. You yeah. know, in your cute little girl voice, give them a smile and no one's going to say anything. Nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> no, no, no. No. But it was, it was still good size. It was like four to five feet. Oh, right? for her it was. And, it and the way that it sucks up on the reef, she wasn't used to that. That's, I think, yeah. their biggest fear as, as little kids is, is how fast that wave moves mm -hmm. and how fast you have your reaction time hey, that's one of my biggest fears, you know. I'm getting old here. <laughs> you know? The wave moves fast. It, it moves really fast. You know, even for, for the pros out there, your reaction time has to be perfect. Your positioning has to be perfect. And so that's what makes it such a great wave because it's so challenging. Yeah. You know? But with her, it's so much easier, too, because the boys... I'm finding they're tough, man. They're kind of like little know-it-alls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. It's I'm like this is a new thing in my life, and and I'm seeing that, man. You know, you want to give these kids like as much information as you can and help uh -huh. them, but at the same time, you really can't help them. They're like on their own deal. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really now, funny. Are you guys? hazing the crap out of those kids like you used to get hazed not well not yet because you're still a grom dude you, you yeah everything about you you'll always be a grom fully i yeah. still get hazed you know yeah. i still get dropped in on all the time i remember my rookie year on tour taylor knox was the biggest hazer around because uh -huh. he's kind of a jock right you know so he would drop in on me all the time he'd like you know nudge me or push me while we're checking the surf or like stand in front and be like beat it grom you know he was the biggest hazer of all and it made it at the time i was like ah oh, you know what fuck this guy <laughs> <laughs> but i loved him you know but i'm like freaking taylor he's always so mean to me but uh now i look back and i'm like that's so cool you yeah. know just 
the fact that he even like acknowledged me my first year on tour, even though it was in a like not a negative way, but a loving negative way. Uh-huh. It was cool. It was great to be a part of. So I'm not hazing these guys just yet, but a lot of these kids haven't gone on their first surf trip with me. Right. So that's when things are going to go down. Now, what kind of plans do you have in store for them? I'm just thinking like shaved heads, shaved yeah. eyebrows, you know, stealing fins. You got to give them that kind of haircut, you know, where they have it on the sides, but they're bald on top. Yeah. 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 I yeah. know. I'm going to send them Reverse home to their moms box. and their moms are just going to be like, what happened to you? Shaved <laughs> on the top of the head. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm sure they're, they're little grommets, so they'll come up with other things to do to their buddies during the trip. Right. Just to make it. More memorable, more fun, and, and exactly. they'll look back at it. You know, I've I've been on a couple of trips where you know Groms have cried because of certain things, and then they look back on it like that wasn't even that bad. I don't know why I cried about that. I know we, uh, I think it was two years ago. Mark Cunningham grabbed uh, Rick and Jamie Isabel's son, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor, and duct taped them to one of the poles. Really, in the restaurant. And, of course, he loved it. You know, we were just fully hazing the kid. He loved it. Had so much friggin' fun. Last year, I go back, Jamie's like, I I was so mad. I can't believe you were doing that to him. We're like, he loved it. Yeah. And, of course, I denied I had any part of it. But uh, (laughs) that was all Mark, man, because Mark wasn't on this last trip. So Uh I could put all the blame on him. There you go. Yeah, it was really good. (laughs) <laughs> what was your best hazing that you had done to you? I think uh, we had a lot of hazing going on at Haleiwa. Uh-huh. Ha- yeah, the Haleiwa Surf Center was the major hangout for us kids um, growing up there. And th- I've had so many things happen to me, but I think the <sighs> worst one where I was actually bummed was they stole my car. Oh. Yeah, I had this uh, four-door Subaru station wagon thing. It would backfire. It was the loudest car in the world. It would leak oil, but it worked. It got me from point A to point B. Um, And I went out surfing and everyone knew, like I didn't hide my key, but everyone knew where I put my stuff. And they took it to Milani to go buy tickets to some concert. And I'm like, oh my God, someone stole my car. And then they come rolling back. They have food. They didn't buy me lunch. They didn't buy me a (laughs) ticket. (laughs) They just stole my car (laughs) and left me at the beach. (laughs) I didn't have my towel. I didn't have my change of clothes. And like You're calling the cops. No, I wasn't calling the cops just yet because I kind of had a like feeling what happened because it was only two of uh, the guys that took it. I think it was... uh, Justin and uh, one of their, I forget their names, but um, yeah, everyone's like, oh man, like, cause they made it apparent. They're like, oh man, where'd your car go? Like, oh, I can't believe it. I think I just saw like two guys ru- like start up and run off with it. You know, oh, yeah. they were kind totally of, messing with yeah, they were messing with you, giving me, you know. And so uh, that was pretty funny. The other one, which was a big time one at Haleiwa was there's a flagpole. Uh-huh. And if you couldn't find your board, it was strung up on the flagpole. Oh, no way. Yeah. And the grounds were always like, you know, stuck in the trash can and this and that. It was, it was a big thing over there. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> who are your heroes in surfing? Well, my heroes growing up in surfing were uh, Tom Carroll played a big role in my life. Derek uh-huh. Ho, huge role because I was a goofy footer, right. you know, so I really looked up to those guys. Uh, Sonny Garcia mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, Aki. Hundred percent, you know. Right. And then a big thing back then, pipeline wasn't really the showcased wave, mm-hmm. which was where Sunset was. Right. You know, so being a backside surfer out at Sunset 
you know, Aki excelled out there. Mm-hmm. Derek did. So did uh, so did Tom Carroll. So I really wanted to to hone my skills out there and be just like those guys. Right. And you know, it was really just across the whole North Shore that they really um, dominated. You know, and Sonny, of course. <laughs> you know, having um, I feel like I I have a Sonny esque attitude in a way. Sometimes, you know, it it doesn't come out what, all are you the time. People up? No, I'm not. You know me. I love. But Don't beat me up, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> But in a heat, you know, I've always wanted to mirror myself like Sonny in a heat to where, you know, I was never going to back down to anybody. Right. You know, so um, I think he helped out a lot of guys in that aspect that that don't really have that aggressive gene in them, but want to like approach competitive surfing like that mm-hmm. and be able to have someone to, um, to mirror yourself after. Cause if there's no one to mirror yourself after and you don't have that competitive physical gene in you, then you don't know how to act or what to do. Right. And he rode like a great line of being competitive, being aggressive, but also winning. And then after winning, being very gracious in winning, you yeah, know, as exactly. well. So like people loved him and hated him, but at this, at, it, at, in the end, you just got to love the guy. Oh, I totally love the guy. Yeah. And know? he would like tell people, I'm going to win this event. I'm going to beat you. And he would do it kind of a lot like Mayweather does. Intimi- yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of intimidation Yeah, and just confidence. Yeah. It's like, I got this, man. And everybody else is like, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you I do. Get the hell out of freaking way. <laughs> yeah, man. like, how am I going to beat this and guy? And now he's doing, like, triathlons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's doing that to the guys running. I mean, I would think so. Like he's Some of these runners are pussies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And all of a sudden, you got Sonny Garcia running up next to you. He's Rah, like, he's I like, got this. He's tripping, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, giving him flat tires. Yeah, yeah, uh, Sonny, why is your knee hurting? Oh, man, trip so many guys bro. Yeah. <laughs> but later on in life it's cool how things change like you know with with Andy and Kelly like they've become huge influences in my life like mid-range and mm-hmm. then now guys like like John John and now Shane Dorian is a huge one now he's he's right. kept himself so relevant um within the surfing community and he's like breaking down doors mm-hmm. for not really guys like myself because i would never want to do what he's doing yeah. <laughs> he told me he's like oh we'll get you out to piahi and get you a couple waves you know i'll tell you what you know you can borrow one of my boards and i'm just like no yeah <laughs> i don't i didn't order yeah. i could have ordered uh-huh. one of those boards but i don't want one yeah <laughs> i saw he gave one to seth Bonis. I saw that hey. too. I would be like, uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Seth had a blast though. He got some good ones. It's huh? so funny because, you know, Shane's my best friend, right? Yeah. And so I haven't done any podcasts with him yet. And there's times, you know, because Shane's not only my best friend, but he's, he's also my hero too, you know? And, and so I got him in front of the mic the other day at the Eddie. And for the first time, I flustered. I, oh, really? I, 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 You're starstruck. Just, he's your I, best friend. I, I, <laughs> You're starstruck. <laughs> and he saw it, and he was laughing. But, yeah. you know, he pulled it together for me. And, I've been on um, camera a bunch with interviews and now doing commentary, but I'm waiting for that day to where, you know where people get so nervous that they can't talk? You see those videos on YouTube and everything? Right. And I'm just dreading the day that that happens to me where you're just like, I'm just like, Yeah. Oh, too funny. Now, um, tell me, uh, or tell us, uh, what are the things that you like to do when you're not surfing? Um, I love, man, I just really hang out with my kids these days. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, 
a lot of people say that kids are the greatest thing to ever happen to you, and they I hear really them are. Screaming right now as we talk. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the best part about it. Yelling, screaming, <laughs> <laughs> cleaning up poop. You know, waking up at five thirty in the morning. They're they're definitely a hassle. <laughs> they're Damn a, little bastards. Yeah, but we love them. Yeah, yeah, we love them. They're a hassle. You know, they're a lot of work. They're a lot of commitment. But at the same time, um, man, I wish I had had more sooner you know yeah. my daughter is so fun and so cool she's starting to surf more now and yeah. that's every time i have some some time off like i try and take her surfing she's only good for like three or four waves and then she wants to go in and i never want to push it on her yeah. so um you know just those four waves kind of lights me up and i just like stand around waiting for her to be like oh i want to go back out you know and uh and now my son, he's one, he's one and a half. He stands on the beach now right at the shoreline and just like cries waiting for me to stop surfing with her so I so can take him. Yeah. Right. So he just wants to do whatever his big sister does. So it's really, uh, it's exciting for me. I get so stoked on that. Yeah, well, those two are um, little mini-me's of you and Missy. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You look at them and it's like, oh my God, this is what Fred and Melissa looked like when they were kids. I know. I was a little worried at first that, you know, maybe the milkman slid in there. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they do look like me. So, hey. I, I know. I, I thought that too, you know, especially when my first one came out black. You know, <laughs> but, but no, um, no, they're definitely mine because yeah. he whitened up. <laughs> I was like, Sal was over here, man. <laughs> so, I know you're like <laughs> tracing back the dates of when he came. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Sal. <laughs> Sal's on the next on next week's podcast, by awesome. the way, too. So it's, he's got some great stories. But. You know what, Sal, man? He's the he's the man. I I had the pleasure of. Um, doing the Surfer Pole Awards with him. I think it was four years in a row. Uh -huh. And he is such a professional at what he does. I, I, he's so smooth in, fr in front of like hundreds of people mm -hmm. talking and, and presenting awards. And, and he's another guy that not, now that I'm, I want to do things in front of the mic, right. that I try and mirror myself in front of. I watch things of him and I try and take note of, of what he does and how he does it. And I just still don't know how he does it. He's so smooth oh, yeah. and he's, he's so witty. so smooth. Yeah. Yeah, the whole commentary or the whole podcast that we did, it went for two and a half hours. Oh, wow. And he was just, it was so awesome, dude. I, and I got, to, I got to hear stories and parts of Sal that I've known him forever, you know, but I never knew about. You know, he brings out some good stuff. Yes, he you know, really some does. racial stuff too. Oh, really? The things that happened to him as he was beginning in the business, and it was amazing. And uh, I could only imagine because he yeah, might have been the first black guy. Can I say black guy? No, colored that's what I said. African American I, I, on E. Well, you know? not just on E. He, I told him I was like, dude, I think you were the first black surfer that I ever recall meeting. Seeing. Maybe seeing ever. And he goes, no, I remember this other guy, you know, uh -huh. and that's when I knew. But he is really like, um, I mean, for lack of better words, like our honorary black surfer buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I love the guy. He's amazing. I have other, he other friends. Shreds. He does. He shreds. Yeah. He's so good. You know what's, what's scary? What Not scary, but I can't wait to see is because, you know, 
a lot of um, those guys, like the basketball players and football players, they're so naturally talented. Right. They're so gifted and their explosiveness is on. Man, when those guys start surfing and stuff, I, I just can't wait to see it. Oh, I know. It's going to be a killer. I know. They're going to have to go get lessons from Sal. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, Sal is now working with some friends of mine, uh, Logan Gelbrich, over at Deuce Gym in Venice Beach, which is also one of the sponsors for the show. And, um, and I've never seen Sal more fit. What he puts in his body, mm-hmm. you know, is amazing. And the guy is just so fit, and he's 40-something years old, and, dude, he's in the best shape of his life. Is he 40-something? I think so. Wow. Yeah. He has he to looks, be. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. I stopped counting for myself and everyone else after <laughs> Yeah. My birthday's this year, you, but I don't know what uh, it's going to be. You At know least I do, but I'm not, you know, yeah. saying. You know what's really funny is, is everyone kind of uses age as a, as a number, but um, it's really like 30's not that bad. I actually really like it. Yeah. You know? 30's the new 20. Yeah. Right? And well, so now 20... everybody's telling me, oh, yeah, dude, 50's the new 40. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Still freaking 50. <laughs> uh, fully. You know, and, and you kind of like when you were 20, you know, you think you got it all figured out. You're super cool and like whatever but then at 30 you look back at you look at these 20 20 year olds and you're just like you look at them you're like you don't know shit dude and like that those clothes you're wearing like you might think that looks cool that might be in fashion but you look like shit now oh yeah big time (laughs) you know yeah go put that thousand dollar armani suit on and now look at yourself yeah yeah and i heard you have a couple of thousand dollar armani suits i've had a few yeah and that, that's exactly like when <laughs> i was 20 was telling me yeah. That yesterday. yeah i've had a couple it was fun picking them out you know going there and we we're i don't know we were just young and dumb i look back at it now like i could have spent that money on something <laughs> way better <laughs> Because we're in Hawaii, you, I put that suit on and I was just sweating. And I'm just like, can't wait to get that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to go to LA and sport this thing where it's nice and cold. Well, and, yeah, or New yeah. York or something. That's where it came in handy, you know. But uh, yeah, I've you know, I've had a couple of those. And now you've got a you don't get that the free clothes anymore, do you? Uh, you're not a team rider. You yeah, have to start paying out of your own pocket. Yeah, that's you tough. Know, it is tough. Are you cutting costs? We are cutting costs, yes. Yeah. Like we're uh, we're now looking at our family budget a lot closer. Right. You know, with no more Hagen Doss, you have to do dryers. Well, I work or... extra hard to do Hagen Doss. <laughs> 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 I do. I go the extra mile. I'll work overtime to get those Hagen Doss. But yeah, you know, like um, it was, it's crazy when you're young and you got all this money coming in and you got all these checks flying in. Like I never looked at a bank statement. Mm-hmm. I still don't even really look at it. I've never really written a check before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all the checks that came in from Quicksilver, my mom, if they ever got sent to my house, which was which was rare because my mom and them would take care of my finances, right. I would forget to cash it. And my mom's just like, or, or I'd get a prize money check and my mom would find it like in my room, under my bed or something crazy. 
And she's like, how come you haven't cashed this? This is for like 10 grand. And I'm like, uh, I just kind of forgot about it. You know, it's like, yeah. you don't even realize how important some of that money is and where it oh, can yeah. go. And that they have expirations on And it. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go to the bank and try and cash one of those big poster checks? <laughs> no, but I really wanted to. <laughs> a couple of them that I got, I'm just like, I want to try. I could totally see you doing yeah. that. Yeah. I'll sign the back of it. You know, you have to do it. Here you go. With a giant pen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that you know, that's another thing where it's just like, you know, now we're we're we budget our money better. I have my four hundred one k. God, I feels like such a responsible person with my four hundred one k. My kids' uh, college fund, and then you know, just making sure you have cash in the bank for rainy days, making mm. sure the mortgage is paid. You know, there's a lot of, once you grow up, it sucks. There's so much responsibility. Big time. And then you just realize like how much tax you give the government. It's great. You're just like, really? I have to give you all that? And then, then I look at it like, okay, I'm paying state tax. Can you guys at least like pave my road so my kids can skateboard out front of our house? Right. And that kind of, of course they don't do it. They don't. Yeah. So, no. you know, but oh, well, Hey, if you're sucks. paying tax, that means you're making money, I guess. Sucks being a, uh responsible person doesn't it does it? suck being a responsible person <laughs> <laughs> what kind of advice can you give these groms you know that because dude the money levels now that these kids are making it's amazing and, and coming into is mind-blowing yeah at a young age at a super young age yeah what, what kind of advice can you give them well i think a lot of the advice that i give now is as a team manager uh, for the kids here in hawaii is mainly geared toward the parents because uh -huh. the kids, as of right now, I'm just like, hone your skills in surfing. Um, there's so many things to do in surfing where you can be a big wave guy like Shane Doran. You can be a competitive guy like myself. You can try to be an all-around guy like Kelly Slater and John John, but that's really difficult. You know, these companies, they want you to figure out your genre early in life and stick to that so they can create a marketing plan around you. Sure. So you got to tell the parents that so that they can steer their kid in that right direction. And I try and help, but the parents are there 24 seven. Right. Um, and it's so much pressure on these kids. And then financially, when they come into that kind of money, um, you know, some of these parents, like my parents, never really saw that kind of money mm -hmm. before me. You know, so a lot of parents don't know what to do with it. Right. Luckily, my dad did. He had the foresight to, to buy homes here in Hawaii for me and now we have rental properties and now I got a business after pro surfing that I can fall back on mm -hmm. if I didn't get this job with Quicksilver. Right. So I, I was lucky in that aspect, but I see it happening with a lot of kids and a lot of parents. So I think, you know, definitely getting the right tax person paying your taxes, getting a great group of people um, that can help you with your finances, creating an early 401k, or I don't know, IRA and all that. Those, those are the things that I'm trying to help out. So kids have something- Do you invest? After serving, yes. Yeah, well, like E-Trade or do you have like a Well, I mess around on E-Trade a, yeah. a little bit, but I have a guy, I, I use Taylor Easley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah, and he's, you know, he's got a great family. He's based here in Hawaii. I mm -hmm. try and suggest for a lot of people to use him. Right. Just because I have this, great group of people around me. My, um, the guy that does my taxes, my CPA and stuff. And he, that's Taylor Easley out of Kalua, Kona, Hawaii. Out of Kona, Hawaii. Easley and Associates. Oh yeah, let's drop that one. Yeah. Easley and Associates, yes. Yeah, so I, you know, <laughs> I get some, some goodies from you there, Taylor. 
And so, uh, you know, just those kind of things, I guess. All the, all the boring stuff. All the boring stuff. All the boring stuff. Yeah, you like to golf. Yeah, I do like to golf. Yeah. That's four hours now out of my day. Yeah. It's great to get away from the kids for four hours, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, you feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, uh, and that's just when. Until you crack that Bud Light and you oh, forget all about it. No, no, yes. Yeah. But that happens on the first tee. <laughs> <laughs> when, when so it, you'll feel yeah. guilty driving to the golf I only course? Feel, well, no. I, <laughs> I only feel guilty when I, because I have to plan it now. I have to tell my wife like two weeks out. Right. Hey, I'm going golfing with the boys on this day. And you know what happens when I go golfing with the boys. So be prepared. <laughs> so up until that point, I feel a little guilty. But then once it happens, I'm in my car and I'm gone. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. And then you hear that, <laughs> uh, Dude, Snapchat. That's yeah. Just opening Boys, that. I'm yeah. on my way. Here we go. Four hours. But of, under, hey, this is once you get to the golf course, you're not drinking and driving. So. Oh no. No no no. Yeah no no no. Yeah. Not drinking and driving. Then we always have a designated driver and whatnot. Or the best part about where we live is Lele's. Is right there. Right. So we sit down. And then the wives usually come up and meet you afterwards. Oh, that's the best get part. Get dinner, have some fun, hear yeah. all the stories. Yeah, I ran over Moody today. <laughs> but we're obviously on a separate table still. Yeah. <laughs> still guy I time. Over, I ran over Mike Dodd's other nut. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good fun. So what do you do for, um, you know, do you have a trade system? You know, if hey, I'm going to go golf today. Missy's like, okay, well, you know what? On Tuesday, I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's LA. always it's always a give and take. <laughs> but um, her thing, you know, is is always the girls just love wine night. Right now, so I just gotta make sure that I'm rallying the kids during wine night. A lot of the other ladies that come over, they have kids as well. So I'm kind of like the designated nanny for right. the night while all the girls are huddled around the table. Yeah, I saw that yesterday at Kelly's house. It was wine day. Wine day, oh yeah. Wine day, yeah. Ross's wife and uh, your wife and Shane's wife and Kelly's. The girls uh, always have an yeah. excuse to get together. Like they had a, up at uh, Ross's house, they had coffee and knitting morning. <laughs> so they all learned how to knit and had coffee first thing in the morning. I had to drop Melissa off. For yeah, that. the kids are all playing in the pool yeah. and, uh, and eating all the sweets and the girls are just, enjoying it that's the best part about um the surf world you know we have such a killer community of people and yeah. and everyone's you know for the most part got some pretty cool kids to that that hang out and they all they're all just they're going to be the next generation yeah. doing that same thing and all we can really do is you know it takes a community to raise a child yeah it does. basically you know and a lot of people forget that you know um growing up here in hawaii you know we had our aunties we had our uncles you know you said shit or an F-bomb and you think you're cool because your your parents aren't around, some random auntie would just come up and smack you in the mouth. And yeah. be like, brah, you, you don't say that? Yeah, you know? exactly. And and it was cool. You Definitely. Know? But nowadays, dude, you personally can't even touch your kid, you know, without people snapping. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? It is, well, you know, the world we live in is changing, but I'd say for here in Hawaii, that still goes, you know, for yeah. me, with, uh, with everyone I know, you know, if I, I tell everyone, you know, if you see my kid acting out of line, yeah. you have my blessing to do whatever is necessary to make sure they get back in line. Exactly. You know, like 
none of us are going to be beating our kids, but you know, they need, I might. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's why I like Uncle Dozer. <laughs> you know, they have to have that authoritative figure around. <laughs> you know, it's all my voice, you know, it scares the shit out of them. I'm like, Hey, yeah. And they're just like, Oh, they sit up to attention and they're like, Holy crap. It's dad voice. Yeah. You got to have two separate voices, you know? Yeah. You almost have to have three uh-huh. to where it's like, okay, it's regular dad voice, and then there's kind of angry dad voice, and there's then there's like, wow, that's like super mad dad voice. We don't better, even want to go there. Yeah, don't even want okay, <laughs> Stop what you're doing and Run just... Run for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad used to do that, or I'd hear the sound of a snapping belt, you know, when you put it together. And you're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I would get that too. My dad in his uh, closet had a nail and a belt hanging on it, and that was the spanking belt. Yeah. And he would make you go get it. Oh. So it was even worse even to walk worse. to go get it. So you had, to, <laughs> <laughs> you had to walk to go get it, and the whole time you were kind of like, you would stop halfway and you'd look back and you'd like give him a little sad face. And he'd hoping be like, he would be like, Yeah. yeah. Ho- hoping the sad face, I puppy dog face would work. <laughs> I would do that too. Uh, yeah, I'd come back. Dad, I couldn't find the belt. I'm so sorry. And he go, and he would always say, "If I go back there and find it, it's, it's gonna be worse because right. I know where it is. It's on the nail. Oh yeah, and it's right there." My parents used reverse psychology on me once, you know. And uh, my dad was in the navy. He was six three, two fifty. You know, my mom's like five foot tall. She's from England, you know, but she was just as tough as he was, you know. Uh-huh. Sweethearts. I love my mom and dad. I love you guys. <laughs> but um, we were shits, man. Six kids. Okay. Wow. Six kids. My little brother is only 17 months younger than me, and it was just nonstop. Okay. And how I, many brothers? How many sisters? Three boys, three girls, Brady Bunch. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, me and my little brother, we were shits, man. We'd just get into everything and we'd get our asses kicked. And I remember one day my parents had enough, and they're like, okay, you know what? We're the ones that fucked up. Here's the belt. Yeah. They bent over the bed, you know, and here we are like seven, 16, 17 years old. And they're like, spank us because we've obviously been doing it wrong. And that was the worst thing ever. Oh, really? Because me and my brother just looked at each other. At first, we were like, yeah, <laughs> we got this. But then they just pulled the whole guilt trip on us. And then next thing you know, you're crying. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be better. Wow. I might have to utilize that one. Oh, yeah. It sucked, man. It made me feel horrible. Uh, yeah. I didn't do anything bad for like a week. So. <laughs> for, for just a week and then back, back to business as usual but back it's true man groms you know kids they're just they're learning and they're little shits you know and oh, you yeah. can't I'm, I'm sure I was too I know I was I had two sisters and I know I would just mess with them all the time oh, yeah. and my parents probably were just pulling their hair out of their, their heads just going god this little boy is the worst <laughs> <laughs> exactly now um you like to, uh, we were talking about hunting, and I want to do a hunting trip with you. We, I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, we need to go over to, I know you've gone over to Molokai with uh, Mike Dodd. Yeah, and my brother-in-law, Sonny, yeah. came with us. Yeah. Bought me my first shotgun. Yeah. Or not shotgun, I'm sorry, rifle. Now, Sonny, 270. Sonny, that works with Mike. Yeah. That's your brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, he married my I little lo- sister. I yeah. love Sonny. Yeah, he's yeah. killer. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, we got to get you shooting bows. You know what? I'm into it. You know, now that I'm home for a while, there's a lot of things I want to do. And there's a lot of things that I kind of believe in. And I think 
um, providing or being able to provide for your family uh-huh. is a big one. Yeah. You know, I, I see your Instagram and I see Shano's Instagram. Shano's is, is so many people see it. He has, I don't know, like 100,000 right. followers. And he gets a lot of people questioning what he does mm-hmm. out there while he's hunting. But at the same time, man, if shit hit the fan, you would want that guy in your little clan of people because oh, he yeah. can provide sustenance and, and food. Especially here in Hawaii. Because yeah. you remember after 9-11, everything shut down. Yes. We didn't get food. We didn't get toilet paper. Nothing came in for a long time. They shut down everything. Yeah, or when Uniki hit Kauai right. as well. They didn't have anything, no electric, no water, no nothing. Yeah, and we have all these great animals, you know, that God has given us. You know, God meant for us to eat these things. Um, and they're organic. They're non-GMO. Yeah, you know, they're free range. Healthy, free range. Are you kidding me? And the venison is the best meat on the planet. Yeah, Axis deer venison. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, when you um, so I shot my first venison on that trip to Molokai. Right. And uh, you shot it as it was venison or as a deer. I think it was a deer. What? It's only venison when it has horns. See, I'm amateur no, hour at no, this. No, venison is just the meat. Oh, venison is the meat. Yeah. So it was a deer. Yeah. It was a male. Yeah. So it was, it, a, it was a buck. It was a buck. Yeah. It didn't have horns, so I guess technically maybe it was a it doe. Was, uh, are you sure it was a male? Yes, I'm sure it was okay, a male. Okay, so what it, it, certain times, it, was it small or was it good size? It was massive dozer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because it was small. If it's small, you know, obviously it hasn't got its antlers yet, but... Mm. With deer, every year their antlers fall off. Oh, okay. And then they regrow a bigger set of antlers. So you could have caught it after they shed. Oh. Or, you know, that's why I was asking, is the body, you know, pretty good size? I think, you know what, like in comparison to what I've seen you guys shoot, it was fairly small. I didn't really know what I was looking for, but I'll tell you my experience with it, which um, I thought was really cool. So I went with Mike Dodd and my brother-in-law, Sonny, to go hunt. Sonny's family lives there, so his uncle came with me. We split off, mm-hmm. and um, he brought me to, I guess, the killer spot because there, there was a bunch of them, and I, my heart was racing. I had one of them in my scope, but what I didn't notice is there was bigger ones behind that one. Right. And so, but I just went for the one closest to me. I shot it, fell to the ground, and he's like, reload, and and get the other ones, but I had no clue what I was doing, right. you know, and I was stuck in my tracks, like, oh my God, that, you know, I saw it in my scope just fall, right. and my heart dropped, and I was like, oh man, and so I was stuck in my position, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he goes, all right, come on, and so, all right, I put my gun in safety, and I walked down there with him, and it was so cool, right then and there, he put his hand on the deer's head, said a prayer, right. You know, and, and said, thank you for this this blessing, for this food that will, you know, feed our families. And then he you went. Thank the animal and thank the Lord. Thank the animal, thank the Lord. Um, and then we went on to, you know, process gutting it, it, the process and the whole right. deal. He made me do the whole process, mm-hmm. you know, taking the skin off, show me how to break some of the, the bones and so we could so we could pack it up. Right. And um, it was just, it was such a cool process and the way he made it, um, it seemed so spiritual because at the time, it was, aside from a fish, it was the first thing I had ever killed, the first living, right. breathing thing I had ever killed. But him making me go through that whole process, you know, thanking the animal, and then he, he shut its eyes, of course, and right. it just made it very much 
um, I don't know, like a spiritual thing to where, you know what, this is a good thing. What mm-hmm. we're doing here is good. Right. And we're using, I mean, there was nothing left of it. Right. I kept the hide and everything. You bet. You Absolutely. Know? So it was to see it happen and to know like, wow, there isn't much left of this animal. We are, we are really utilizing everything. Right. Absolutely. So, and, no. um, and, and, you know, it fed your family for a long time. It did. It was cool too. Cause I had never had venison before. Yeah. So I went online, I got all these recipes and stuff. I even took the shoulder, the shoulder blade and, and made a stew out of it, you know, and some of the recipes weren't the best, right. but now if I catch more, I can kind of hone in and then make my own recipes and, and then go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about I, it. I love uh, just doing like a basic Hawaiian rock salt, like take a back strap, mm-hmm. um, Hawaiian rock salt, pepper, you know, just super basic. Um, and then just sear the crap out of that thing. So it's still nice and perfect and juicy and bloody on the inside, making it like a sashimi block. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It is so, so good. During that Super Bowl party, I don't know if you had one, but Billy Kemper had those sliders, the venison sliders. They were so. And then Mike Dodd brought all that other venison as well too yeah yeah and that they that and that's what's so cool about it you know not only are you feeding your family but when you go to these luau's that we call them here in hawaii these big parties you know you have a big old tray of food that for one didn't cost your family anything right you know and is natural from the land right and it's feeding the community yeah so everybody's benefiting off exactly it's really cool yeah yeah um now, you know, I got to be really careful as well, like Shane, um, posting stuff like that, you know, even though it's what I love and it's part of my life. Um, but there's so many idiots out there, you know, and haters. Um, I remember one time I had posted a picture of this big boar I shot. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've got a smile on my face, you know. I've got this beautiful boar that's going to feed my family. You know, I shot it with my bow which is giving that animal a better chance. You know, I have to work to get that animal. It's not like I'm just sitting there, you know, uh, you know. Yeah. And um, and so I post this picture. I was so stoked. You know, I know it's going to feed a lot of people. Um, they're an invasive species. You know, they do so much damage. They're they not do a even lot of damage. From here. You know, they're, yeah. they're killing our native plants and birds and you know, and everything. And, uh, and two minutes after I posted that photo, Kelly posted a photo of me from Tavarua where he smacked my ass on my birthday and left a handprint mark. Uh-huh. And so anytime somebody like Kelly, you know, let alone likes your photo, you know, but here he is posting a photo of me. And so everybody's like, who the hell's Dozer Dave, right? <laughs> and so they go to the my page and they're like, Dude, all all of a sudden my Instagram blew up with all of these haters. You know, you should kill your mother and then kill yourself. Oh, my God. Dude, some gnarly stuff. And I'm just like, holy crap. I thought it was funny at first. But it it became uh, super depressing. Yeah. Well, it's tough. Some of these hateful, hateful stuff. Well, I mean, that's... That's what's scary with this new generation and with everyone being able to get their voice out. Uh-huh. What, you know, uh, what's great is you can get your positive voice out, right. but you can also get a very negative voice out. And that's what's scary for our kids because internet bullies, 
and all that uh-huh. is a new thing that we have to teach this generation to watch out for right. and to not fall into that trap. And, um, you know, when you're friends with Kelly and he has, you know, a million followers and then they start seeing what you're doing, all those millions of people have a difference of opinion. But what I think the main thing is... a lot of them are just completely uneducated. That's what I think it is. It's education. And not only uneducated like they're dumb people. Right. You know, they're just uneducated in the world of hunting. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know... Maybe they're growing up in a big city. Yes. You know, and the only hunting they know is how am I going to get to food land, you know? Yeah. So it's tough, you know, and they don't know that it is an invasive species that they do repopulate very quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they start th- having babies when they're three to six months old, and they can have babies anywhere from two to 14 three times a year. Yeah. And they have to, you know, the, the state actually has to eradicate them. Right. And who knows what the state is doing with all that meat? Yeah. You know, at least we know oh, what I know using exactly it. what the state's doing. Because I see what they do up on the mountains with the sheep, uh-huh. and they do aerial eradications, and they leave the freaking bodies. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've pulled up to certain areas where it looked like a bulldozer, and it looked like shit in Germany, you know, with the Nazis and stuff, where they push up a big hole, and it's genocide of these animals. Wow. Yeah, it's just nothing but bodies. And all that and is going go, to waste. It's going to waste. You know, when there's so many families that need this, there's so many people that are hungry out there. And for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing with the goats and the sheep and the pigs, you know, is I'm also giving back to the community, helping them with those animals and stuff too. You know what I noticed um, when I went to Molokai to go hunting is there's a lot of of, um, storefronts that are shut down. Yeah, That whole community, that whole island in Molokai, they live off the land, yeah. and they're still doing the barter system. Yeah. There's, there's fishermen, there's hunters, there's mm-hmm. gatherers. They plant their own food. So you see a lot of local business shutting down. All those stores down there, yeah. they can't make any money because no one spends money. Right. They go out and get it, or they plant it, or right. you know, they're, they're truly still living off the land. And you know, that has, that's a lot to be said right there. They don't need a food land there. Yeah. You know, they don't need a... Whatever, Costco. a Costco, exactly. <laughs> they're they're doing just fine. They're doing just yeah, fine. and they're not none of those species there. They're not over um, hunting or anything. Everything's they know how living. To manage them. Yeah, yeah. Everything's exactly. cohesively living, and you know Shane, they they've got humongous boars over there. Really humongous. Shane sent me a picture that I'll have to show you after this of this boar crossing the road that is the size of a freaking VW. Wow. Massive. If you go over to the dump, they're everywhere. Oh, really? I, yeah, I haven't personally got there. I've only been to Molokai once. Uh-huh. And I usually go to Lanai or, or Maui, and uh, but now I really want to go over there. And these things are massive tanks. They're not even dozers, they're tanks. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know what I noticed over there, too, is uh, they got turkeys everywhere. Oh, yeah. They're running across the road. They're everywhere. Same on the big island. I yeah. Think they come into my yard. I know. I no longer want to go to Costco and get a turkey. No. I want to go fly over there and get a natural turkey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. It, yeah. And the chickens? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Go to Kauai, man. Totally. They're everywhere. I'm in the chickens. You can just get them right out here in front of my house, too. <laughs> so, I think Jackson Dorian caught him a little baby chicken yesterday. I was, Hear that? 
Yeah, there they are. Babies tweeting right there. Yep. Yeah. So Jackson caught one of those yesterday, and then that thing wouldn't leave us all day. Last night we were barbecuing, and uh, I'm like, what the hell is that little, why is that little thing? Cheap and whatever it is, you know. <laughs> cheap, cheap, <laughs> cheap, 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 cheap. And yeah, it was so loud. And he's like, "Hey, where's Jackson? I want to be part of the party." Yeah, little Jackson <laughs> Dorian. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be something special. I think that kid. Oh my gosh. He's definitely like following in the footsteps of his dad. And you see, like his stance. He's oh, fully yeah. got that power stance. Oh, yeah. For big waves, he's got those big like Shane Dorian Hits. hands. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's got a head of hair, man. Yeah, and oh he looks gosh. like, God, what's his name? He looks like the little kid from, uh, not the Jungle Book, but he looks like, not Mowgli, what's the other, like the baby Tarzan. Oh, you ever man. see those baby Tarzan? Yeah, it was a long time ago for me. You're closer to those books than Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah, anyone listening to this podcast, look at baby Tarzan, it looks exactly like like. I, I want to do that. Yeah. I'm totally going to check it out. Totally. So, um, okay, so let's see. We've already talked about all kinds of stuff with you. Um, I think we're done. That sounds good. I know you want to get your family. My coffee's like, I'm right done, th- done with my coffee I'm right through. I'm perps right now. I haven't had that yet. How is that? They're pretty good. Yeah? They're pretty good. I'm drinking the Hydro. Um, it's one of Kelly's companies, him and Pat Tenori for the owner of Ruka. Perps. And uh, it's organic, it's non-GMO, and this is the hydration drink. Uh. So I, I kind of walked into the house last week, two weeks ago, and I had a Red Bull. And they're, <laughs> they <laughs> they <laughs> shit their pants. And oh, like, yeah. what are you doing? Throw that in the trash can right now. I hadn't even opened it yet. I dude, I just spent like six, six bucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I gotta throw this six dollar can in the. <laughs> I'm tired, and they're like, "Grab the perps over there." As a matter of fact, grab cases, take them home with you. You know, yeah. We don't ever want you drinking this stuff again. Oh wow! And so uh, I'm like, okay, and they're like, "We're gonna send some over to the Big Island f- for you." I'm like, okay, well, I haven't seen any yet. So um, I'm going to have to call Pat Sonori because I know Kelly's not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll do it. Send me my $6 check so I can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. So I'll have Pat send me some over. But uh, maybe we'll even get him as one of the sponsors for the show. That would be good. Yeah. That would be classic. Yeah. That I is- see that right there. From the earth. From the earth. Non-GMO. Man. Yeah, it tastes pretty good. Everything about it is from the from the wrapping to recycled as well, too. So, yeah, they're all over the place. Great. Yeah. I want to get one of their t-shirts, too. Get some golf shirts made up like that. That would be nice. Yeah. little perps guy on there. But, well, Freddie, thank you for being on this podcast. Right on. Thanks for having it's me. It's so been a blast. Fun. I can't wait to... Uh, to come back later and see where you're at. Come check in. You're always welcome. Yeah, maybe we'll do it with some Bud Lights next time. That we'll would get some laughs. <laughs> Bring in a couple of the other boys. It would be cool. Like we have like a five, six person table here. We should just fill up the whole thing. Oh yeah, do quarters and stuff. Yeah. 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 What's that game you do with a ping pong ball? Uh I know exactly what you're talking about too. It's just we'll just set up beer mics. pong. Beer pong. Beer pong. Or we'll just do Portuguese horseshoes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna. We'll have mics set up everywhere, or just on our shirts, so it's full smack talking, and we'll see how. And I'll even put it on the GoPro channel too. 
Okay. So we can see how everybody, um, how I school everybody. Well, I'm going to go and practice. If we're going to, if we're going to have this, I'm going to go back into training mode, put myself back in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Start eating right. Start eating right. You're going to come out with with your shirt off. Yeah. Dozer's like the Kelly Slater of Portuguese horseshoes. I'm going to try and take you out. (laughs) You can try and take me out right now if you want. One game before I leave. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I need some time to train. This makes perfect. Uh, plus, I think we're headed to the beach, too. So Yeah, it's a beautiful day. I think the surf's dropped from gargantuous levels to like eight feet now. I know. Thank God. Now, now the normal people can surf. Exactly. Well, we can go out and have fun. So, well, Freddie, thanks again for being on the show. Of course. Uh, big shout out again to uh, all my sponsors, GoPro, Hurley, Deuce Gym, uh, Kona Boys and uh, Original Nutritionals. Um, Freddie, you want to thank anybody? I just want to thank you, Doze. Hey, Thanks for having silver. me. Uh, I think Quick's over enough. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to thank Quickie. You know, they, they've been uh, beside me for a long time, and they've supported me and they've helped me to do. Uh, they've helped me to live my dreams. So yeah, I want to yeah. thank them. Same with Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they've been by you the they whole have, way. Yeah, they've been by me for the what? The second I turned twenty-one, I wrote oh for them. My God. Yeah, it was cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and tune in to another episode next week. And a big aloha and a hoo Everybody knows those now. Everybody knows those now. Everybody knows those now. Everybody knows those now.